Welcome to the PSD Cast with your host, Jason Lumberg at Power Systems Design. So you've probably heard that President Trump and the Department of Homeland Security took actions with mammoth ramifications for our industry, to wit, Trump restricted H-1B visas for engineers, computer programmers, and other technical workers through 2020. His administration also barred colleges from awarding F-1 student visas and work permits to foreign students enrolled in online-only programs with the potential for mass deportation. After a huge backlash, the government backed off from the online course rule, but the larger restriction on H-1B visas remains. Advocates say the restrictions will force companies to hire citizens. The foreigners recruited under this program supposedly accept lower wages and stay in those jobs for the chance to earn a green card. Industry says that citizens don't have the required skill sets and there just aren't enough STEM graduates to fill these jobs. They claim that the H-1B visa program is critical for attracting the best and the brightest and remaining competitive in, in a global economy. And you know, while we're not a political publication, this is obviously hugely, hugely relevant for our industry, and I think there's a lot to talk about without stepping into the partisan trenches, as it were. But here to help us navigate these issues is Chris Rice from United SIC. And Chris, thanks for joining us, and could you start off by briefly summarizing the H-1B visa program? Sure, Jason. Thanks for, thanks for having me. Um, the, the, the program really enables uh, companies to bring in highly skilled, highly educated uh, workers to, to, to fill vacancies that they have within their, within their companies. And um, certainly at United SIC, it's been a, a major component of our, of our ability to grow our business and hire over time. Um, so, yeah, it's a, just a, you know, for technology companies in general, you know, I think it's just been a, a, a huge, you know, win-win for both the companies and for uh, growing the overall U.S. economy. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there's, there's, there's obviously a ton of mitigating factors here, as, as my intro kind of made clear. Colleges supposedly make $40 billion annually by helping foreign students obtain about 500,000 mm-hmm. work permits each year. That, that requirement was removed. And of course, mm-hmm. foreign students pay exponentially higher tuition for the same schools than U.S. citizens. Right. And you know, the divide is even higher if we're talking about in-state tuition. Meanwhile, we've all heard yeah. about the STEM shortage in this country. I read that up to 10% of Silicon Valley's workforce would be affected by the visa restrictions mm-hmm. in the long term. So mm-hmm. in a greater sense, how would curbing the H-1B visa program impact our industry? Well, I'll, I'll use my own personal experience as an example. Um, you know, back when I, when I started in graduate school in 1999, or excuse me, 1994, um, my, my thesis advisor had a group of about 12 students, and I was one of two Americans in that entire cadre uh, doing, you know, highly specialized research in, in optoelectronics and um, and so it just it just sort of illustrates the the small pool of of American talent uh, in these specialized areas. So consequently, you know, in graduate schools where we hire most of our technical employees from with master's degrees and PhDs, that pool is often uh, foreign born um, and here on student visas. And so the way the way to keep them here permanently and to not have them be educated here and then go back and uh, do great things in their own country is to allow them a path to permanent residency here in the U.S. And so it really just does come down to, you know, 
where do the pools of talent come from? You know, the current CEO of Google, for example, uh, was born in India. Um, you know, our VP of engineering, you know, came through this H-1B process. So it's just, you know, a shame to, to cut off all of this talent. Mm -hmm. So you sort of have already addressed this, but I just want to underline this point. You know, where, where do we draw the line between staying competitive in, in a global economy and, and filling the roles when there's such a STEM shortage and safeguarding domestic employment, you know, especially with uh, what's going on with COVID and the job situation? Yeah. I think it can do both, um, but it has to be done over time, right? So this is, this is something that has taken place immediately, um, you know, for, for the talent that is actually, you know, in these specialized areas right now. But I think what we can do as a country is continue to emphasize the, the career paths in science, technology, engineering, and math uh, to our young students that are coming through um, you know, primary school and high school and college right now, and show them that these that you know these specialized research areas, um, really interesting um, you know areas of, of research and computer science, electrical engineering, physics, chemistry, uh, are a great career path. And um, but that that pool doesn't exist right now, so we should continue to get it from abroad, um, and then work to cultivate uh, additional talent uh, from our existing U.S. citizens. Mm -hmm. So I think you can do both, but, but it doesn't happen in one year. It, ha it happens over the course of a couple of decades. Right, right. Uh, this, this is obviously a pretty large and complex issue. You know, I mean, I'm sure our audience would agree with a ton of moving parts. So, so I'm not sure mm -hmm. how you answer this, but here it goes anyway. H how do we prevent an issue like this from cropping up in the future, or, or will it just take several decades, like I said, or, or is it pretty much inevitable? Well, I mean, I, my feeling is you, you really can't put globalization back in, in the bottle, right? You know, we, you know, our team spends, you know, much of the time traveling all over the world with customers all over the world, and, you know, we're, we're doing our part to export tons of semiconductors that are actually manufactured here in the U.S., um, to, to our partners overseas. So, um, again, I, I think the, the idea of, you know, sort of isolating America or isolating China uh, or, you know, isolating Europe uh, is not a good one. I mean, we're all on this planet together, and we need to work together, um, you know, to, to make it uh, a great place to be. Um, you know, we have huge problems to address, in climate change and otherwise, and it's a, they're only going to get solved if we do it collectively together, um, as a, as you know, across the globe. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. A lot of food for thought there. Uh, I definitely, uh, definitely want to thank you, Chris, on on behalf of PSD. Um, I want to thank you for your time and to our audience. Thanks for tuning in. Stay safe and health, healthy, and have a great day.